You're listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm glad you've joined us. Steve Inskeep is an accomplished journalist and author. You probably know him best as the host of NPR's Morning Edition. But he also has a new book out titled Imperfect Union, How Jesse and John Fremont Mapped the West, Invented Celebrity, and Helped Cause the Civil War. He recently talked about the book with Detroit Today producer Jake Neer. John Charles Fremont was an explorer of the American West in the 1840s and 1850s. He went out along the Oregon Trail. He went into Mexican-controlled California, in fact, helped to take it over from Mexico and make it part of the United States, did dramatic things, but the actions weren't actually the point for him. The point was the publicity he could generate by going out and exploring. Fremont's father-in-law, a powerful United States senator, wanted the United States to take over the Pacific coast. He thought the best way to do that was for Americans to settle there, and he wanted to entice Americans to do that. The way that he did that was by sending his son-in-law, Army Lieutenant Fremont, out on these mapping expeditions, and he would come back. He might not actually discover all that much that was new as an explorer, but he would come back and he would write best-selling accounts of his adventures, these dramatic narratives that would be published as books or excerpted in newspapers. And statistically, it does appear that his works encouraged more and more people to settle what was then called the Oregon country. Um, And along the way, of course, he also made himself extraordinarily famous with the aid of his wife, Jesse Benton Fremont, who was his kind of secretary or co-author, occasionally ghostwriter, political advisor and publicist. She was the daughter of this United States senator. New senators, new presidents spoke up confidently to them in a way that was unusual for women at the time, had a political role to play, and they made themselves famous through their use of the news media in new and original ways. What we might call in 2020 uh, some influencers, I would say. Yeah, yeah. They, they, They were influencers and they knew the influencers and they'd get in touch with the influencers, newspaper editors and that sort of thing. And it was often Jesse who would be exchanging letters with the newspaper editors or getting a letter from John way out west listing his recent accomplishments. And she would get straight to a newspaper editor and get that letter published in the paper. Um, Ultimately, they also did help to cause the Civil War because the Civil War came in the 1850s after a dispute over the territory Fremont had helped to add to the United States, helped to open up for settlement. The question arose in a divided nation, divided between free states and slave states, whether it would be free territory or slave territory. That debate intensified the conflict between North and South. There was then the creation of a new political party, the Republican Party, which was a northern party, which was an anti-slavery party, which was determined to restrict the spread of slavery. And their very first nominee for president in 1856 was John Charles Fremont. They wanted a famous heroic figure to unite the new party, and he was it. And give us more of that backdrop for 1856, as John Fremont is this the, the first nominee for the Republican Party ever. Uh, what else? What was going on? What were the issues? That, uh, you know, obviously slavery, as you said, was yeah. uh, was was the big one. But what were some other things that were going on that were important? 
Yeah, it's, it's a time that reflects on our own. There was a rapidly accelerating news media because the telegraph had been developed in 1844, and by 1856, telegraph wires connected the major cities. News could spread to different parts of the country simultaneously and be reported in new daily papers, but they were partisan papers that would report the same events differently, and people would then respond to these very different accounts in divisive ways. That's something that feels really modern, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Here's another thing that feels modern, there was a powerful movement against immigrants. Americans were debating who got to be American, what the national identity was, who was American, and one portion of that had to do with slavery and what to do with free African Americans if they were ever freed and whether they were even citizens. This was part of the debate. But there was also a debate about immigrants. People would join these organizations called know-nothing organizations, and they would say they were Native Americans, by which they did not mean Indians. They meant native-born white people, whose parents or grandparents or great-grandparents might have been immigrants too, but they were now opposed to foreigners and opposed to uh, immigration, especially by foreigners who were Catholic, members of this dangerous alien religion. Uh, Now, we can feel the parallel there as well, because today there's a lot of anxiety about Islam. Uh, And we know from history that Catholics who were feared at that time have assimilated perfectly well into the United States and number in the millions and fit in the United States just fine. We know that from the sweep of history. But we also know that there is this persistent uh, pattern in human nature of fearing outsiders, and it reared its head very much at that time. So the Republican Party is brand new. Uh, How was John Fremont as the flag bearer for that party in this election? What kind of candidate was he and what happened? At the beginning, he was fine because he was this huge hero. He had built himself up as a celebrity and people really believed in him. There was almost a kind of mania for John Charles Fremont. He also had a great asset in his wife. Jessie Benton Fremont had become a public figure herself. And women were involved in many ways in the anti-slavery movement. They couldn't vote, but they had been active against slavery. Many of them had been. And they took up Jesse as their symbol. And in fact, there was this slogan that people would chant. There was an old saying that effectively meant something like, give them hell. And that saying was, give them Jesse. I don't really know the origin, but it was an old saying. And so people would do that play on Jesse's name and they would say, give him Jesse, give him Jesse. She was part of that campaign literature. There were campaign song books, which included songs about her. They were terrible, terrible songs, <laughs> but they were songs nevertheless about her. So they were a very attractive couple as a candidate, almost like a husband and wife team running for president. But then they were torn down by exploiting some of the same tensions we were just discussing. John C. Fremont was the illegitimate son of a French immigrant. The opposition press first revealed that and then changed the facts and made him into an immigrant himself and alleged he was ineligible for the presidency. They were birthers, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they took a step further and began alleging that he was not only an immigrant but also a Catholic, which was a very hard charge to refute. And in fact, Fremont refused to deny it, believing that if he denied that he was Catholic, he would be saying that a Catholic should not be president and that that would be wrong to say. It's fascinating because when we talk about the, quote, unprecedented place we're at politically in America today, there are these historical examples that sound so familiar. How do you view that dynamic, the fact that 
what we're seeing today isn't necessarily unprecedented in some ways. No, no, it's not. Um, Some things in history don't change. There's an old political saying that in politics, nothing is ever over. And partly that's because human nature uh, doesn't change that much over time, does it? Uh, In some ways, the parallels between then and now are disturbing because they were on their way to a civil war. And we would not like to be on our way to a civil war now. I'm not forecasting one, by the way. I don't know the future. <laughs> sure. But it's disturbing to think about the parallels for that reason. But in other ways, the parallels are kind of reassuring. You can go back to this earlier time and see that people were arguing over many of the same issues. They were making those arguments in the same American institutions, the same basic form of government, under the same constitution, just with some amendments. In some cases, they're having those arguments in the very same buildings, like the United States Capitol, which existed then in a slightly smaller form and and exists now. And there is something reassuring about the continuity and a feeling that time does go on and this too shall pass. And the difficulties that we face now might look different in another era. There are also opportunities, I think, to learn from the past. It is very strange at that time to look back at the ways that Americans thought, white Americans anyway, thought about slavery. There were many people who knew that slavery was evil, knew that slavery was wrong, but did very little about it, or even themselves owned slaves while feeling that slavery was wrong. It is baffling today to think about why that would be. Why would people own slaves when they know it is wrong? But then you begin wondering about our own time and thinking, are there things we're doing today more or less knowingly that they're bad and we still do them? And what will people think of that 150 years from now? Will people look back at us and raise a question and ask, why is it that they understood what climate change was and continued to drive gasoline-powered cars and use coal-fired power plants? Why did that happen? Somebody may be asking that question of us someday. And having that historical perspective, I think, is useful as we try to figure out what's important to focus on. Mm. Steve Inskeep is the author of Imperfect Union, How Jesse and John Fremont Mapped the West, Invented Celebrity, and Helped Cause the Civil War. Steve Inskeep, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks. I enjoyed it. Coming up, we're going to talk about a new state board that is convened to address issues of environmental justice here in Michigan. Stay with us on Detroit Today. Today. 